Hello, Winternet. This is Ewan Spence and the Insight Calling. That's it. We've got our 37. That's your Eurovision. Coming up in this week's news, our full Eurovision playlist. The guest lists are growing. And can we trust Swedish children anymore? Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome once more to ESE Insights. Look back at the last seven days in the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. It's the Insight News Podcast. Yes, more podcasts will be coming along very, very soon. We've got all the songs. That means we need to review them. We need to judge them. It's it's happening next week. <laughs> but to keep up to date with all of our podcasts, all of our articles, discussions, and everything else, www.escinsight.com. And if you're looking to support us a little bit more than the links like loves, shares, and subscribes that we all adore, then patreon.com slash escinsight is for you. I mean, I always read out the dates here, but it came to the point where I could just go like it's less than however many days it is. But no, let's just stay with the dates at the moment. 9th of May and 11th of May for the two semi-finals, and Saturday the 13th of May for the grand final in the Liverpool Arena right there on Merseyside. The accommodation, if you're heading into Liverpool, things are a little bit up and down at the moment. Um, after the tickets went on sale and sold out, a lot of people basically cancelled their hotels, some rooms opened up. Those have been taken up again. But do, if you're looking to go to Liverpool, and also if you're looking to get tickets as well, um, there's a lot of returns going on. There's a lot of cancellations going on. So just keep checking your Ticketmasters, your Airbnbs, your Expedias.com and see what opens up. It is getting close to the time, so you can probably get away with booking non-refundable if you're really, really confident it's going to happen. But uh, my advice as always is at least see if there's uh, a limited amount of being able to get refundable booking or maybe just you know we'll charge you one night no matter what you do you can cancel the rest that sort of stuff do keep an eye on that one uh what else have we got going on well uh already into liverpool are all the heads of delegation it was a big meeting uh this week in liverpool as everybody gathered together to look over the venue look at the event schedule have a little wander around the city discuss all the various plans for things that have been announced or have yet to be announced that are going on, uh, present what they're hoping to do on stage, sign all the forms and the paperwork and the legal releases for the 37 songs because, oh, there is a lot of paperwork at the Eurovision Song Contest that you have no idea, um, apart from in the back of your brain going, somebody said that was okay. Yeah, well, there's a gazillion forms on that one. You don't see any of that. This is mostly sort of technical meeting. But one of the public-facing elements there is the running order draw. And uh, now, see, we have a producer-led running draw at the Eurovision Song Contest, as you all know. Uh, The songs draw top half or bottom half, and we already know that for the semi-finals. For the final, we have to wait until we know who's going to be there. But in terms of the host country, that's always been drawn at random, because how can producers decide where to put their own song? This year, slightly different, because we have both Ukraine as last year's winner and the United Kingdom as the host, so both have drawn their position in the grand final running order at random at the heads of delegation meeting. Ukraine drew mathematically what we consider a plum spot, uh, going 19th in the running order. Uh, the United Kingdom drew out 26 and will be closing off the contest. Now, mathematically, that's not so good uh, because, you know, a lot of people went, oh, that's it, right, I've seen that song, that's the song I want, I don't need to really focus on the rest. And it is at the end of a 
the longest run of songs possible. But at the same time, in terms of a narrative arc through the evening, in terms of building up the home crowd audience for the home song, it is a wonderful place to have for storytelling. There's a lot of angles to look at this one. Ben Robertson has looked at a more in-depth back at our website, so head over there and have a look at the thoughts there. www.eseinsight.com um, Other bits and pieces going on. Euro Streets has been announced. This is a programme of events around Liverpool on a smaller scale than what we've seen so far. Four have been announced already. There's the Festival of Europe, which is celebrating cultures and heritage of the Eurovision countries all inside the city region. We have live performances from touring uh, artists going into residential care settings and Songs for Europe. Um, the Solidarity Disco Banquet with food, music and craft, again, all at a community level, and chess for everyone. Uh, the huge pastime in Ukraine, open-air chess, uh, will be coming to Liverpool as well. Uh, We also have the Euro Grants going on. Uh, That's a fund that's available to apply for groups and community organisations in the area for projects that use the Eurovision Song Contest as inspiration, projects that highlight culture, history and heritage throughout the Merseyside region. Details of that, best place for all this stuff is actually uh, visitliverpool.com and all the cultural side of things there from the council-run website. Uh, What else? It's not just Liverpool. We already knew that Darlington was going to be having an open-air screening. Well, now Sheffield have joined in there with the Sheffield Council confirming that there will be a Eurovision Song Contest Fringe Festival. Uh, So you can go there if you don't have tickets to Liverpool and watch everything there. Uh, I've said before, one of the bonuses that contest has in terms of doing these open-air screenings is the Saturday before is the coronation. uh, And there are 30 cities around the UK that have already confirmed they will be having open-air screenings of the Coronation Department, Culture and Media and Sports signed off on all of those. That's the Saturday. The semi-finals are on Tuesday, Thursday, and then the grand final on the Saturday afterwards. You don't have to keep the screens up that bit more. You just have to hire it for just a little bit longer. So um, I'm expecting a lot of those Coronation screenings to become Eurovision screenings the week afterwards as well. But, you know, keep an eye. Your local council will have details on that, and we will keep an eye over on that as well. Finally for here, just want to mention the Euro Club, uh, set up by the OGAE UK Fan Club. They've announced a number of the guest artists who will be performing throughout Eurovision Week. And they've also posted that although the weekly passes have sold out, there may be a few more coming on at the end. The per day, the daily tickets, are going to be going on sale on March the 29th. So if you just want to go to Euro Club for a day then you can get yourself a ticket there. Uh, in terms of the acts already announced, Jedward are in there, Kino are in there, uh, Nikki French is in there, Lynchy Cass is in there, Gemini and Suri in there as well, all previous performers at the song contest. Slovenia's Joker out are the first of this year's contestants who've confirmed a big Euro Club appearance. No doubt more will be happening in the future as well. So you can keep an eye on the Euro Club 2023 website and we'll keep you right in here as well but songs we needed 37 and now we've got to this point in the season we've got 37 who finished out the playlist right then four and a half internal selections to confirm here yeah we'll get to the half in a second not worry first up armenia uh internal selection there uh, the previously announced artist was a brunette the song is called Echo, and it's a, it's a pretty solid R&B number, it has to be said. 
A uh, big challenge here for Brunette, though, is that she's following up Rosa Lynn, who found huge viral success after the Eurovision Song Contest was over with her Eurovision Song Snap. And, of course, Armenia's just hosted Junior Eurovision, so the pressure is on there. Azerbaijan, we had the announcement of the acts last week. It was the twins Tural and Turan. This week, we have the song Tell Me More, which is every single mid-90s indie band doing a melancholy guitar piece rolled into one. It's so comfy for a certain demographic out there. Ah, as always with all these songs, uh, they're going to be popping up in the streaming services as single releases by the artist. The official album will be out shortly and available for streaming and downloading and purchasing um, and CDs. And of course, you always have the official website with the music videos, youtube.com slash Eurovision. Carrying on with the internal selections, George is kind of an internal selection uh, because Iru Keshnovi won The Voice uh, way back at the start of the season and with that, the ticket to the Eurovision Song Contest. The song is outside of The Voice. It's been written especially for her and the Song Contest and we have that now. It's called Echo. Um, it's very modern. It's quite art pop uh, going on there. George as a country will be hoping that Iru will repeat her success when she went to Junior Eurovision. As part of Candy Music, she won the show back in 2011. So we shall see what happens. Uh, Greece, our youngest Greek performer here, uh, will be singing What They Say. You remember last week, of course, that Victor hasn't been able to release the song yet because there's an ongoing court case against the broadcaster and there might have been an injunction. There's not an injunction now. The court case will continue after the song contest, but right now we can settle in, we can listen to the song, we can watch the video. It's called What They Say. Uh, and now that half <laughs> isn't eternal selection or able. Well, it's not. It's it's definitely not for Italy because Marco Mangoni won San Remo with the song Duvete. And she's like, Marco, you're going to Eurovision. Marco, your song's three minutes, 45 seconds long. We need it down to three minutes or you need to choose another song. Lots of talk about choosing another song in there. We thought now that the San Remo performance went up as the official video on the channel last week that Duvete was it. And it now turns out that, yes, Duvete is it. Although we haven't got the three-minute version yet, we do have the published lyrics, some of the paperwork that we were talking about earlier. So we can see that we now have an edited version of Duvete that's coming down to about three, but three minutes and just underneath. We've not heard it yet. We can have a play around with, um, with our audio editors. Now we have the lyrics. So we're waiting to actually officially hear Italy's song this year. We've heard a version of it. See, see what I mean? That's a half right there. I always get weird when I say, do you see what I mean? And I'm on a podcast. Right, moving on. Uh, two national final results came in last week as well. Uh, so Sweden, second last of the competitiveness with Melody Festival. And in the end, it really wasn't close at all. Um, apart from uh, the youngest demographic of three to nine-year-olds who did not vote uh, for Loren, they voted her 10th, they went for Tails instead. And the Croatian international jury put Loren in third. Everybody else, first place for Loren. The song Tattoo swept the board as much as possible with those two exceptions. Tattoo is going to Liverpool. It's at the top of the uh, the favourites list. Everyone's going all around. She did Euphoria. She's sending another song. It looks kind of like the same pole position in all the polls going forward. Will that carry on right through to the end of the voting? Uh, May the 13th? Who knows? 
That's how much we love the contest. Uh, we also don't know what's going to be happening with the prop either. The great big Corby trouser press Breville sandwich maker twin display rig. Will it make it to the stage? Is it too heavy? Will it fit in Sweden's carry-on? Um, look, as with all acts, there are storylines that you keep on ticking over throughout the next six to eight weeks just to keep everybody interested, to keep yourself in front of the mind, to hopefully get their votes by the time you get to me. Sweden has an inbuilt one with the prop. Other performers will find other storylines as well. And of course, we have all of the preview parties, the appearances and the interviews that they make there as well. This sort of quiet period isn't necessarily quiet. It's a little bit slower than Eurovision week, but it's an important point where you can build your competitive energies. And remember, those competitive energies, in many cases, have been running for a long time. Back in October, uh, in Portugal, you had Mimi Cat submitting her song, I Coração, into the open submission for Portugal's Festival de Cancel. First time in a long time they've had open submissions. This weekend, as the final national final, Mimi Cat won through. Uh, topping the tally vote and joint first with the jury vote. Icarasau taking the Portuguese ticket to Liverpool and rounding out our 37 songs. It is the most madcap, most Portuguese mix you can imagine. <sighs> 13 ran. And if you were wondering how many ran in Sweden, oh, should I tell you? Should I? Yeah. 12 ran. Okay, what do we have online and around in the wider Eurovision world? Well, back at ESC Insight, uh, let's not forget that we did have a history of Festival de Cancel there from Euro Bruno. That's still really exciting, really, especially as Mimikat has, you know, brought another another storyline to that contest of being part of the open submission. Uh, we've rounded out our coverage of Melody Festival with an interview with the executive producer and also, yes, for Lorraine's overpowering presence Viewing numbers have been dropping at Melody Festival and engagement's not been as high as in previous years. So what would some of those Melody Festival and experts recommend to refresh the contest for 2024? Ben Robertson has gathered those together as well. Uh, coming soon, well, we've got a lot of song reviews to do and that means we might be doing a little bit of judging uh, if we can get a jury together at some point in the podcast. Yes, Trickbox Jury. Uh, we will be back next week. In seven days' time, you'll be having your first hit miss or maybe i say sometimes within seven days if it's not here by next friday something's happened give me a nudge <laughs> but we've also got other articles uh coming up as well uh some of that uh we'll just uh, keep a powder dry and keep that as a surprise some of it well you know we're going to be looking at how do you rank songs what's important about those how do we judge what we like and how do we judge what others like when we don't like it ourselves oh lots lots of things going up over the next couple of weeks so keep an eye on the website and the socials for that uh, the preview parties make up a big part of this season now and uh, as we move out of these serious covid issues we're starting to get a resurgence in the preview parties uh where are we barcelona starts off 23rd 24th 25th of March. 10 confirmed acts from this year's contest are in there. Uh, after that, Saturday the 1st of April, we have the first Polish preview party in Warsaw. 19 acts are confirmed there. Seven of them are from the 2023 contest. So former singers, hosts, all going former those who've appeared at Eurovision previously are appearing in there as well. Madrid's uh, preview party runs over two nights, 7th and the 8th. Uh, 14 confirmed different acts for both nights. 13 
from Eurovision 2023 are taking place in the Saturday night there. These numbers, by the way, are going to grow up. These are just who are confirmed at the moment. So expect these numbers to go up. We'll be keeping an eye on them as we go through. Uh, Amsterdam on April the 15th, currently 14 confirmed uh, from the 2023 cohort, but I expect that number to go much higher. Eurovision concert tends to be the largest of the preview parties. It's on a Saturday night, Sunday night. Everybody's got to pile over and get to London for London Eurovision Party, where we have 11 of the 2023 cohort in contest who will be singing there, plus one other surprise. And uh, again, those numbers are probably going to head up in time. Some of those still have tickets on sale. Some of those are sold out, but there may well be returns. So do keep an eye online for that as well. Uh, one flag up also for the preview party, actually. Um, Israel Calling hasn't been on for the last couple of years. <laughs> Most of the preview parties haven't been on. But Ireland's Wild Youth have listed Tel Aviv as one of the places that they are heading to as part of their preview party tour. So um, they might have given the game away or it might just be a provisional gap in their calendar and they've not read it properly. We shall see. All of that to come and more as we get closer and closer to Liverpool's hosting of the Eurovision Song Contest. To all our friends out there that we know, to all we are still to meet, and I think we're going to meet many, many of you when we get to Liverpool. All of you do stay safe, be kind to each other, enjoy the music. Opinions can differ, doesn't make them any less valid. Stay happy, stay safe. Ta-ra for now. Guitars and our music. <laughs> This week's ESC Insight News podcast was hosted by you and Spence, written by you and Spence and the team at ESC Insight. Find out more at www.insight.com and support us, patreon.com slash ESC Insights.